Welcome to Grad Chat by PhD Balance, where we talk about the topics of grad school beyond academic research that may be a little bit more difficult to talk about in our day-to-day -day life. I'm your host, Neva Nirmal, and if you like what you see here, don't forget to check out the PhD Balance YouTube channel and anchor.fm for more Grad Chats, and please don't forget to subscribe for more notifications about when we go live. Our topic today is going to be uh, becoming a mentor to undergraduates and graduate students with uh, Zori Paul. I am very excited for this one. Uh, Zori as well has pronouns she, her. Um, so Zori is a clinical mental health counselor and doctoral candidate in counselor education at the University of Missouri at St. Louis. Currently, her research interests include bisexual plus women of color and identity affirmation, where she's focusing her dissertation on. Zori is also one of the co-founders of At Black in Mental Health, Black in MH. For Zori, uh, seeking and gaining both formal and informal mentorship throughout her academic career has really just helped her navigate academia's vast and really confusing world. So Zori, we are super pleased to have you here on Grad Chat to chat about your experiences. Thanks, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, you mentioned uh, kind of in your like little blurb to us, this idea of formal and informal mentorship. Can you touch a little bit on like what exactly the, the difference is? Because in academia, as everyone knows, you know, there's a lot of formal, you know, you, this is your mentor, this is your student. So what are the, what's the difference here? Yeah, um, so I think a lot of times when we think about mentorship, we think of um, someone who is more experienced, uh, someone who's further uh, in their career path, maybe where we want to be. Um, and I think that's the image of mentorship that we have. And that tends to usually be the formal mentorship. Um, Obviously there can be informal components, especially if you haven't really clarified like this is a mentorship, but that's typically what people think of with mentorship. Uh, but also there can be informal mentorships that um, at least for me, I like to think of in terms of our peers or our colleagues who are maybe a little bit closer to where we are in our uh, professional development or academic development, um, but have insight or experiences that we may not have had. Um, so that could be, uh, uh, like I said um, on the um, Instagram story for a PhD Bounce uh, yesterday, that could be friendorship. So like a friend who uh, maybe a semester or two ahead in the program and, um, you know, in some programs, those two semesters can make so much of a difference in terms of like what you're learning and what you're going through. So having someone who you can be like, okay, so how do I fill out these forms? Uh, how do I ask this professor for help or stuff, stuff like that? Um, those can also be uh, mentorship and formal mentorships where again, you're not really saying like, hey, you're my mentor, I'm your mentee, but it is someone who is further along than you, helping you out, guiding you with your professional development. Um, so that's how I uh, explain the difference between formal and informal. Yeah, for sure. Can you give us an example, perhaps, of um, something that you can get through formal mentorship and something you can get through informal mentorship, just to get it a little more concrete? Yeah, so I guess it really depends on what your goals are. So um, at least for me, in my mind, when I think of informal mentorship, uh, I think of more short-term goals. Uh, so as I said before, um, if you have a classmate or a peer in your program who has already uh, gone through 
um, maybe the comprehensive exam process. Uh, you can ask them like, how did you study? Uh, what forms did you have to fill out? Uh, what professors you want to be on your committee to give you the exam, That those type of things. Um, while formal mentorship is more so thinking about like, uh, where do you want to go in your career? Uh, what things, um, both short-term and long-term, do you need to do? What uh, networking opportunities do you need to have? Uh, how can your mentor um, help you reach those goals? Is it uh, doing more collaborations in their research? Is it uh, them looking over your CV, your personal statement, uh, those type of things? Um, is it, uh, again, um, reach out to hopefully their vast network of connections um, and introducing you um, as their mentee for either work or um, whatever related thing that goes back to your bigger goal. So I would say, I know that's not like as concrete as it could be, but I would say it really depends on like um, the person's goal and also kind of short-term versus long-term goals. Yeah, for sure. You know, these are all topics that um, are kind of like really specific to academia in terms of like figuring out your committee and knowing which professors to talk to. You know, when I entered academia, these were all topics that I had like no idea what would have been without my mentor guiding me through it. And I kind of feel like, especially for people who are new to academia or are like first generation college students or just come from like marginalized backgrounds in general, having a mentor to walk you through these different processes, even something like you know, applying for loans if you need to. Mm -hmm. um, this is all just so important. And, you know, you mentioned just in your, like, I remember yesterday in your little live that like mentorship has been really vital for you. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I like to uh, call myself like the collector of mentors, uh, because another thing that I think is really important for um, everyone to know, but especially for, like you said, those who, um, you maybe coming from marginalized identities or maybe the first in their families to um, be stepping into academia, knowing that uh, it's okay and it's sometimes really good to have multiple mentors. So um, I, I would say um, that's super important. And I think for me, that has been like the biggest thing because realizing that like I've had some mentors that were really good in one area, but not so good in the other. Um, is super important. Um, and there are just some ways that some mentors connect uh, with certain of certain identities of mine is also super important. Um, yeah, for sure. My first mentor was a like mixed woman of color who was also like an immigrant to the US. And, you know, even little things like when I asked her for time off to celebrate Diwali or asked her, you know, hey, my mom is like coming into town. It's really important for me to be able to see her because I can't do that often. Um, I just felt like she was able to understand that more because she also, you know, uh, couldn't casually just go see her grandparents because they lived mm -hmm. continents away or casually go see her mom because, you know, they're always working so much. And so, uh, I don't know, these are just like little experiences that are hard to convey to someone who you know, is able to pop home for Thanksgiving or is able to like pop home for winter. And these kinds of things can extend into other identities for sure, you know, in terms of sexual identities, gender identities, and your race and ethnicity play a huge part in this. 
Yeah, and I think that's kind of um, a lot of times people use mentorship and advising and supervision kind of interchangeably. Uh, but I think that's what makes mentorship stand out, that like um, connection, that uh, interpersonal um, component that's really important. Like, obviously, you want to be in mentorship that respects your boundaries and um, where you both have agreed upon um, ideas of like what this mentorship looks like. Uh, but I think there is a component of need to know, like, even if they haven't experienced the same things or even if they don't have the same identities, knowing um, like, okay, you, you, you know, your mom doesn't come and visit you um, that often just because of like the distance. And knowing that that's really important, not only um, to you in terms of just seeing your mom, but also that could be really important in terms of just your overall health and well-being uh, to have that time to reconnect with her. Um, so uh, I think there is definitely not only just the professional development component of mentorship, but also that uh, one power dynamic, uh, but also that like, hey, you're a person. Um, I also want to keep that in mind as well as I guide you and mentor you through this process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in academia also, you know, as we look at the, what, what type of mentor to choose, what PI to join, um, there's the aspect of looking at their research and then there's the aspect of looking at how they run their lab, what kind of person they are, what kind of the style of mentorship that they give. Um, what would you say are like the qualities to look for in like a good mentor? Um, so, you know, it's funny because in academia, we're kind of like taught um, either directly or indirectly that, you know, you want to find the most uh, established mentor, the person who has like the most publications, um, the person who has the most well-known name in the field. And like, don't get me wrong, that is important. You want to make sure that whoever is mentoring you knows what they're doing. Uh, but I think sometimes we focus so much on those type of people and sometimes, not saying all the time, but sometimes those people aren't always the best mentors. Um, so I, first and foremost, um, find someone who is excited about your work, whether or not they're doing uh, something similar. Um, I honestly, right now, one of my best mentors, she does nothing <laughs> in regards to uh, bisexual plus women of color or even um, mentorship uh, research, but she's the one who is always encouraging me. She's the one who, when I'm like, uh, I don't think I can do it. She's like, no, you can do it. Let's, let's like work on this. Let's set deadlines, that type of thing. So, um, Though it is great to have a mentor who uh, can help you guide you through uh, like literature reviews or provide articles that you may not have even know about. Um, I think one of the key things um, about mentorship, because we have to remember it's still a relationship, is someone who is actively kind of like your cheerleader and actively going to keep you accountable um, for whatever the goals that you both agreed upon. So uh, with this mentor, she knows like right now, I'm like in the job search process. So she's, every time we meet, she's like, okay, what have you done? Have you done a per like a personal statement? Have you done your teaching statement? Those type of things. And um, <laughs> the last time I met, I was like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I really appreciate that. Um, so I think that 
is um, something that's super important. Having someone who's on your side, who um, even if they don't know your subject area, area well, uh, will still, uh, you know, uh, help you with other goals or will be able to like go through the network and be like, okay, I can't help you with this, but I know someone who can. And that's what this mentor does. Um, but I've also, like I said, I think it's really important to have multiple mentors. So I also have another mentor who does know more um, in regards to like what I'm doing for my study. Um, and that's been really helpful. So yes, uh, having that knowledgeable aspect is also important as well. Um, because for example, for her, um, she knows a lot more financial opportunities that come up that deal specifically with my target population. So she um, has been really helpful in terms of like, hey, this like scholarship is coming up, apply for it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and that's been really helpful in terms of like funding for my dissertation and making sure that I can um, have some uh, a prize raffle for participants who are participating. Um, so I have that type of mentor. So again, first and foremost, I just having someone who believes in you, I think is like the biggest overall thing. Um, and who will, if they can't help you, will be able to find help for you. And then I would say like that knowledge uh, component is really good. Yeah, for sure. I want to highlight something you mentioned about, you know, having a mentor who's like, I'm able to connect you with other people or going to different people for things. Um, being able to have different mentors for different parts of your research is totally fine and very much something that happens, right? Not everyone is an expert in every single thing. And so having a mentor who can connect you to other places or be able to admit when they don't know something, I think is really, really key. Um, and, you know, just trying to think of, you can't get everything in your life from one single source. So mm -hmm. you know, how can you kind of diversify the support that you're having so that instead of being just like one single point, it becomes kind of like a, like almost like a fishing net where there's multiple chains and links. And so if one thing falls through, you can still have that support for your research, for you, for everything you need for grad school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I really wanted to wonder about also, um, given your, your research specifically, um, how do you think, well, how can grad students become good mentors? What is, is there like courses? Is there something to think about? Um, is there something people can integrate to their daily lives that doesn't suck up their entire lives that they can do? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really good question because also, you know, in, in uh, the topic of being a mentor to undergrad and grad students, I think a lot of times we think like, okay, I have to have my PhD before being a mentor. I have to like be the super famous person before being a mentor. And that's not true. Um, so first and foremost, um, you need to really like sit down with yourself and be self-aware of yourself and uh, ask yourself, can I do this? Do I have enough time to do this? Um, because yes, granted, hopefully, um, your mentee has other people that they can rely on um, in, in the case that something comes up in your own life or maybe other commitments come up, but you also need to be there. <laughs> you can't just uh, say like, oh yeah, I'm your mentor and then never show up for your mentee. So you need to really um, sit down with yourself and be like, okay, do, do I have the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, the time to be that person. Um, and then I think it's also really important to have an actual conversation um, between the mentor and mentee um, where it may seem really silly, but say like, hey, you're my mentee, I'm your mentor, right? We're on the same page. Um, because I think 
I know personally, I've had a lot of experiences where I'm just like, are you my mentor? Kind of, um, kind of, uh, where it was never really established, but they were doing all these like mentorish things. So, uh, I think, again, it sounds some like something really small, but I think that can, um, help alleviate a lot of emotional, um, confusion and uncertainty that the mentee especially might be having, um, especially in terms of like, can I even ask you for this thing? Can I even ask you to look over my CV or stuff like that? So, um, especially after having that type of conversation, then I think it's also just important to be honest about, uh, you know, what the mentee's goals are. Um, and for you as a mentor, be honest about what you can and cannot help them do. So, um, you know, as a grad student, uh, if, you know, um, with people who I mentor, I can help them look at their CV. I can, um, you know, help them uh, look at their personal statements, that type of stuff. Um, but and so in that conversation where you talk about like, I'm your mentor, you're my mentee, is that something you mentioned, you know, like I'm your mentor, you're my mentee, I can look over your personal statement, I can look over your CV, do you clearly like kind of list out that sort of thing? Like, how is that explained? Yeah, I think that's um, exactly how you do. I mean, it may sound awkward, but like I'm I'm being very upfront. Um, and again, it's a relationship. So communication is key. So I want to make sure that my mentees know exactly what I can and cannot provide for them. Um, and uh, if there's someone who I do know who can like help them. So like, let's just say there's a certain topic that they're really interested in, but that's not my area. Um, I can be like, okay, don't know that, but also while I'm helping you with your CV, I'm gonna hook you up with this person who does do this um, and maybe see if uh, you know something clicks with you two and they can um, be that person who can help you with that area. So I think it's uh, really important um, to have that goal setting and that like clear boundary setting of like, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. Um, because again, um, it's a relationship emotions come into play, whether we want them to or not. Um, and even though I personally never want my mentee to feel like I'm like, I have power over you. Um, unfortunately, that kind of is just how things fall into place sometimes in academia in general, this hierarchy. So I think by clearly talking about goals and clearly saying like what I can and cannot do, I'm, um, one, communicating with my mentee, but also kind of giving them a sense of power and control um, in um, the sense of like, okay, this gives me um, what I need to, to be like, okay, I need to find, maybe I just need to find a completely different mentor or maybe, okay, I'll keep Zori, <laughs> uh, but also uh, find someone else who can help me with uh, that particular goal. Yeah, gosh, this is really nice to hear, um, especially like kind of hearing the way that you mentor someone and the way that you're really like assured in the ways to do it. Um, it's certainly like, you know, part of your research, but also I think just you and the kind of work that you put into thinking about this. Um, what would you say to people who feel like perhaps they are not qualified enough to be a mentor or a little like unsure about their abilities? Um, 
so again, with mentorship, we always think of like, what are the benefits for the mentee? But there are also a lot of benefits for the uh, mentor as well. And one of that is like a boost in confidence, um, you know, uh, and increase a gain in leadership abilities as well. Um, so obviously no one's perfect. Um, no one is going to... Um, be the perfect mentor, even like, you know, my uh, favorite current mentor right now, um, there's uh, probably still room where she feels like she needs to grow as well. Um, but I think, again, going back to like communicating, saying like, hey, um, I may not always be perfect, but let's, you know, maybe agree upon having like set check-in days or check-in times where we just, like, is this still working for both of us? Uh, is this still working for you as a mentee? Um, and just really um, trying to make this as collaborative and beneficial as possible for both for both people. Um, again, I think a lot of times we think of mentorship as this like hierarchy type of thing, uh, where I just tell you what to do and you really don't get a say in it. But uh, I hope that for um, any of my um, mentees that they know that they can come to me and just be honest and be like, hey, Zori, what you did, uh, you know, you didn't get my CV back to me um, on our agreed upon deadline. And that really sucked. Um, you know, uh, that really messed up my timeline. And maybe I even missed submitting um, the CV. And like any relationship, that's a rupture. <laughs> um, and we had to talk about that. And that gets a little into my research, um, which, um, but essentially, uh, I think for anyone who is uncertain or sure, I would say maybe start off with that, like peer mentor stuff, um, and just do like small short-term type of mentorships, uh, where, uh, the goal is I need help, um, with someone looking at my CV and then you can look at their CV, you can give them feedback, um, that type of stuff. And that's not as um, big of a commitment as like the more formal type of mentorships. Um, and then maybe once you feel more comfortable and uh, with that type of stuff, then if there's someone who wants a more formal relationship, uh, formal mentorship relationship, then um, again, being open and honest about what you can and cannot do, being open and honest um, about uh, goal settings and stuff like that. Um, hopefully at that point, you'll feel like, okay, I might not be perfect, but at least um, my mentee knows that they can come to me and say like, hey, you're not perfect. Um, let's fix this. Yeah, absolutely. I think having, you know, that line of communication of being able to feel comfortable coming forward if there's a problem and being able to articulate that is one of the key point, points of, you know, how you actually get over those barriers. Because I don't think it's important whether like whether or not a mentor-mentee relationship has issues is not the problem. The issue is more like, how did they how do they resolve those issues, right? Like, how do you fix those kinds of things? Because it's impossible to have such a relationship that like, you know, never, ever, ever has anything bad because, you know, we're humans, everyone makes mistakes and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you, actually, I, I would like to ask a little question as well. Um, kind of given the whole, plague we've had this past like two years now. Um, one thing I've noticed is a lot of people going online for networks and mentorship and things like that. 
Um, do you have anything to kind of like comment on in terms of like finding those types of people online and other schools and that kind of thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is my favorite question. Uh, so like, so like, honestly, that was me during, you know, all of this panorama, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, so like I said, I learned um, in my graduate career that it's always good to have uh, multiple mentors. Um, but especially at the start of the pandemic, I only, um, I, I was going through some transitions and then obviously everyone else is like going through their own transitions with the pandemic and like trying to figure out, just trying to survive basically. So um, my advisor who I also consider my mentor, um, but who's also like the program director of our program. She was obviously like swamped and busy with like, just trying to make sure everyone was online and all that type of stuff. So uh, unfortunately she wasn't as responsive as I needed her to be uh, with some of my um, emails and stuff like that. Um, and then another mentor who I also had at the time, um, she was also going through her own personal stuff with a pandemic and stuff like that. Um, so, it was just me um, trying to, for the first time, figure out how to make a poster presentation for uh, the American Psychological Association. Um, never done it before, uh, had no clue what to do. Um, so I was just like, yo, let's just go to Twitter uh, <laughs> and see if anyone can help. So I went on to um, Twitter. Um, at that point, I had kind of been using Twitter a little bit more than I had basically been using it since ever. Um, and I just typed in like hashtag academic Twitter. Hey folks, anyone know how I do a poster presentation, uh, preferably for APA? And like, I think within like an hour, maybe two hours, I had gotten so many feedback, so many people like sending me like um, examples of their presentations, sending me links. Um, I had one person who um, they sent me an, um, an actual like template of uh, a poster presentation. And I was just like, you're my savior. Uh, so uh, for me, I consider that like a form of mentorship. Obviously that's more of an informal because none of these people <laughs> are uh, people who, are, who I would go to like repeatedly, not because they're not great, but just because like, it was just that one moment, that one goal of, hey, I need help figuring out how to do a poster presentation um, and they met me. So um, I would say that uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram uh, can definitely be a great way to get that informal mentorship. Um, I still use it today <laughs> sometimes, um, especially when I want like a really quick response and um, the academic Twitter uh, space um, has been really great for that. So. Um, yeah, I, I, there's so much more I can say about that, like social media as like a form of informal mentorship, but uh, we would be here for days. But I would definitely say that use it, use all your tools that you have, because sometimes in, in academia, especially as a marginalized person, or, um, and especially if um, you're the first in your family to go through this process, um, you need to use as many resources as you can. Um, and sometimes it doesn't feel like, um, 
it's clearly stated like what those resources are. Um, but for me, um, social, uh, social media has been a great place to be like, hey, I know I need this. I don't know how to get to that need, but like, can someone help me? And um, my experience has been pretty positive, so. Yeah, I think we here at PhD Balance certainly know like the power of social media and being able to connect online given, you know, we have so many people reaching out to us online. We have, you know, a Discord group where we have all kinds of chats together, doing like online community-based things where you can really find people who, you know, vibe with you, understand you that perhaps might not be at your school or your local area or, you know, time and logistics just prevents you or the plague prevents you from being able to actually see them. Um, thank you so much. That is, uh, honest, all of this has just been really, really helpful and really great to hear, um, especially for people who might be in a similar boat or would like to learn from you. Um, but before we finish up, actually, is there anything else that you'd like to mention or talk about? Uh, no, mentorship is great. If you don't have a mentor, I highly encourage you to find a mentor. Um, if you are a student, um, in most professional organizations, they're some sort of student or grad group um, that uh, hopefully provides um, some sort of mentorship opportunity. I know in, in the counseling field, there are so many uh, once you join ACA or even APA um, that provides mentorship. So if you see something, apply for it. Even if you feel like you're, you don't even know what you want, just apply for it. Um, again, use those informal um, modes of mentorship like social media or even your peers in your program. Um, that's super important. Um, and yeah, hopefully uh, very soon, uh, myself and my colleagues uh, will be coming out with more information about uh, mentorship, mentorship rupture and repair, mentorship um, that specifically focuses on students of color. And um, like I said, I'm really excited about mentorship and social media. So hopefully that too. Um, and yeah, follow me on Instagram, Amber Insights, where I also talk about mentorship there too. <laughs> awesome. Um, for all of our viewers, all the links that for things that we've mentioned in this episode will be in our description as always, whether that you're listening on a podcast or you're listening on YouTube. So this has been Grad Chat by PhD Balance. We go live every second Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Episodes are posted on our podcast, hosted on anchor.fm, and available on all major streaming platforms on Tuesdays. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you. Bye.